back, everybody. Um, so, um, is it question and answer session now, Professor? Question and answer session? No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. So, we'll continue with uh, the lecture that we, were, uh, we began before lunch. Um, so, over to Professor. Thank you, Sandy. Now, the photo session has to be... No, it's fine, it's fine. You can oh. go. <laughs> You're in shock. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to put that one. I'll start this afternoon <coughs> with a very important observation that the present financial crisis, they call it the great financial crisis, GFC, they explained it away that it's a mortgage crisis, it's a loose lending practices of banks and a couple other ad hoc explanations. These are all misdiagnosing the problem. It should be obvious that the problem is a debt problem. It's an outsized debt which the world has to carry and at one point this becomes too much a burden on the economy and the debt cannot increase any further there has to be something has to give something has to give I think we reach that point But I don't think uh, the authorities in any country would admit to that. Is this a fair statement? Of course. They would find any kind of explanation, uh, you know, the genie man or the uh, devil or something, but just not talk about oversized debt because according to Keynesian gospel there's no such a thing as oversized debt. You can create that out of nothing by manipulating exchange rates, foreign exchange rates or by other means fair or foul but the sky is the limit. Now this is of course not true. 
That is a tower like the Tower of Babel in the Bible. Remember when the Bible story, people got together and they said that we'll show that we can reach heaven and started to build a tower which would ultimately reach heaven. And you know the story, God punished them and their conceitedness. And God uh, did what to their language? Uh, mixed up. Mixed up. Mixed Could, up couldn't understand language. each other. They started out building that tower and could easily communicate with one another. The mason with the uh, bricklayer and so on. And then they found one day that they could no longer communicate. They could speak, but a language which the other guy wouldn't understand. And that was the punishment, because they couldn't continue. And I think the same, it's very apt, I think, the comparison and, uh, that the idea of infinite that is an utter conceited idea. And it deserves a punishment, and the punishment is coming. And I think the punishment will be the collapse of paper currencies. It might be combined with other uh, features, and this debt tower just cannot continue. Now this is a very important diagnosis, I think, which you have to make. And we cannot even say that this is done intentionally the way uh, Keynesian economics uh, brings it in is that you don't have to worry about it. We don't necessarily want a debt tower as high as heavens, but if it's coming, well, so be it. That's the attitude. And this is a, a disastrous decision on the part of the authorities. They should diagnose this exorbitant increase in the debt as a danger signal that they have to change their methods. And they don't. They don't even warn people. In fact, it's the opposite. The cure for too much debt is more debt. And that's explicitly uh, shown in the so-called QE1, QE2 series. QEN. Hmm? QEN. <laughs> yeah, QEN. And, and N goes to infinity. Which means that you pile on bad debt, more bad debt as if that would be a cure, and it's not. It's going to make the problem worse. 
So actually, what you need in the economy is an extinguisher of that. It just cannot keep increasing. When a, limit, a certain limit is reached, then you have to start calling. The word call is C-U-L-L. -L. Uh, for instance, you have, a, you have animals, uh, wild animals like deer or something, which if too many of them are around in the forest, you have to start culling them. And normally you protect them, let them just multiply. But when they reach a certain point, then they get dangerous and, and uh, parasitical. And at that time you start, start culling them. The same in the economy, when the debt is growing and reached a certain level, that's no good. You have to start culling, which uh, means, uh, in this case, that you start with the bad debt, which is least justified, and then you retire that, and then you go on and check every uh, one of them, and you get rid of the ones which are not justified economically. And that will bring down the that level, globally, worldwide, or in a country, whichever the case may be. And this is not happening. And why not? Be because the world has no ultimate extinguisher of that. As a matter of fact, there is only one ultimate extinguisher of that. I mean, some of you might want to argue with me and say that, of course, if I take out a loan from the bank, when I repay that loan to the bank, that has extinguished the debt. And, and many of you may not realize that Extinguishing that is one thing, and shifting or transferring that is another. So, what happens is that when you repay your debt to the bank, the debt did not disappear. It just has been transferred to the bank. The bank is the next debtor. You were the debtor, now you got out of that, repaid the man. But this did not extinguish the debt, did not cast it out of the books. It still, still exists. And ultimate, the ultimate debtor is the government. And the Keynesian idea is that there's no danger there, the government can increase its debt as high as he wants. And this is, this is just wrong, plain wrong. Because the debt can only increase. It never ever decreases under our present monetary arrangement.
Now, I have to stop here and ask you if you accept this or there is any disagreement, because this is most important to, uh, that we agree on that. Really? What if uh, a bank goes bankrupt? <coughs> if the bank goes bankrupt, or if uh, there is a default in the debt, does that not extinguish the debt? Uh, I don't think it does, because uh, unless the gov government goes <laughs> default. No, that's what I mean. The government. Oh, yeah, about the ultimate. Uh, Sovereign yeah. debt. Yeah. Uh, this, of course, would extinguish it, but it's a very high cost, you see. I mean, there are two ways that could be uh, uh, diminished or extinguished other than repaying it in some meaningful, normal, regular way. Uh, one is what you mentioned, default. Sovereign, uh, the government can default on its sovereign debt. Certainly not desirable. No. And the other is. It's too bad for those who lend money to the government, yes. Mm -hmm. And when you say it's not desirable, it, you know, well, uh, it's not desirable for the bondholders, but. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, whenever value is destroyed, value could be a house burning down, or uh, could be a train wreck, or airplane uh, falling out of the sky. You know, uh, there is a loss. There's a physical loss, maybe loss of lives as well, which is just, but. There is also uh, a possibility that there is a loss without any physical, visible or touchable damage. And such a default would be an example of that. It's a loss. Regardless who is touched directly and the first victim because there will be other victims. So uh, the answer is that that can be retired in a normal way without a loss. And under the gold standard, the ultimate extinguishing of that is through paying a gold coin. Because paying a banknote does not extinguish doesn't extinguish the debt. It just transfers it to one uh, debtor to the other. Okay. Now, in addition to these normal or without loss uh, reduction of debt, there are the bad kinds, and that there are two. One is what you mentioned, is default, at any level, really, and ultimately default of sovereign debt. But there's the other, is inflating away the debt. Because you see, uh, I don't have to say too much about this, uh, inflation is ultimately 
i rodin. The value of the money, but that also eroding the value of outstanding obligations. And that's really the secret plan uh, in the strategy of the governments. They agree among themselves, they may not admit it to you, but it's certainly their plan that they can. There is a button somewhere which you can turn and regulate the rate of inflation. And when it's getting too high and people are getting worried and uh, all kinds of troubles which go with inflation, then they just turn it a little back and happily go on. That's what they suggest to themselves that that is happening. But that is not happening after a certain threshold is reached. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about this later this afternoon. Okay. So there it is. There is such a thing as ultimate extinguisher of debt, which is necessary because uh, this calling, calling of that occasionally haircut is necessary. But her- this is not good because when they t- talk about haircut, that involves losses. Okay. But uh, the kind of culling I am talking about, um, which, can hap- which is happening under the gold standard all the time, means the bad debt is eliminate- being eliminated continually. Because if the limit is reached, then automatically people whose debt is wobbly, not very secure because there is not enough production to justify the indebtedness, then those who started operating on the basis of that kind of indebtedness, we'll say, give up. This is time. We tried, didn't work. So wind up their enterprise, repay the debt. And this is part of the calling. Now, if they adopt that wise, that they should do it on their own, then their business partners will force them. And a lot of firms have to fold because of indebtedness. The point is that this is recognized and then some enterprises have to get out of business. The point is that today it's not happening. If a big enterprise is at the verge of bankruptcy, then they bail them out. And sometimes they bail them out so foolishly that it makes this immediate situation worse. So it's absolutely necessary that in the monetary system, there should be an ultimate extinguisher 
of that. So when people ask me, okay, what uh, properties of gold can you name which uh, makes it desirable for people to hold? You know, uh, a lot of experts start answering that it's shiny, it's a good conductor of electricity, it can be uh, beaten into very thin leaves, which uh, is important because it's good for decoration. And even uh, the window panes can be, uh, how do they call it? Uh, Gold smoke foil, 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 right? When when they uh, tinted, is it? Tinted, yeah. Tent, yeah. Okay. So these are all very desirable properties. Well, I don't argue with that, but <laughs> you are very uh, far from explaining what advantages gold has. So I would answer the very first property which makes gold important is that it can be used as the ultimate extinguisher of that. Because there's no counterparty. I mean, if you pay a debt with paper money, there's a counterparty, which is the treasury. Or um, in any kind of, just think any kind of situation where borrowing and, and lending is involved. You see, this is uh, when the debt is retired. At that point, uh, it's really just being transferred. But and why? Because whatever by whatever means you retire your debt, there is always a counterparty. You pass on a paper; it could be paper money, but it could be in sometimes treasury uh, bills or uh, shares of a company and so on. But there's always a counterparty. Whoever accepted that paper didn't accept it because the paper has qualities uh, which was desirable to the extent of the obligation which you retire, but you accept it because there was a counterparty which then you have a claim against. So you just have to see this very clearly. I, I give another chance. Maybe they want to ask questions on that. Yeah. In other words, the idea that the monetary system needs an ultimate extinguisher of that without a counterparty. You make the ultimate payment and that extinguish it. If, if you will... Agree. I think does, does everyone agree with that or does anyone disagree with that? If you will lend me something and I said I can only pay you back in gold. Would any of you say no? No. Okay. Louis would. And that's also... <laughs> Sorry, you're going to say something, Louis. Well, I think your point, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your point, Professor, is that gold is the ultimate 
extinguisher of debt without without loss. Wow! That it goes without saying, I guess, but, but uh, mm. no, I think that's for me. I just realized. No that. objection. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's no objection. Very, uh, I mean, because there are other ways to extinguish that. Sure. But there are consequences. No, you can tag this on, but we are looking for an extinguisher of that without loss. And not only there is only that gold does that, and does that absolutely without loss, but also there is nothing else. Well, maybe silver could be, but uh, let's just simplify the thing. Gold is the ultimate. I just wanted to clarify one other thing. You said if you pay a bank back, pay a loan back, that the bank is now the debtor. You mean that the, the, the government is now the debtor to the bank? You, the, the government you owed you, you owed the bank, now you pay the government, now the government owes the bank. The bank is not the debtor in that case. The bank is the creditor. Right? Yeah. Okay. Now why uh, did this give you a problem? I mean, it's not straightforward. No, you, you had said that if you pay the bank back, the bank becomes the debtor. Oh, uh, under our present system, yes. So how does the bank become a debtor when the bank is repaid? The bank is repaid in banknotes, which are the obligation of the government, mm -hmm. I suppose, is what Keith is trying to, to say. Under our present system? Under our present system. But the debt is still not... Uh, no, it's still there. It's still there. The, still the, the bank isn't the debtor, the, the bank is the creditor. Yeah, well, that's a detail. The fact is that we are looking for an ultimate oh, right. extinguisher. I agree. I agree. And you can look around and pick and choose euro, yen, one, dollars. They will do none of that. They will do none of that. So here there is this property which makes gold unique. <laughs> now, uh, in 1971, which, and also in the month of August of 1971, so it's exactly uh, 40 years ago, a very momentous event happened in Washington. And because this is a 40-year anniversary, uh, you read a lot of articles and you learn a lot of tidbits what really happened and it was interesting to read them. Uh, I'm not going to take out too much time to tell you but it's really a shocking story because it's all happened in Camp David which is the retreat of the US president and uh, when they have a secret retreat, high-level government officials consulting with the president, they usually take a weekend and uh, they get together there 
uh, and uh, just have a private discussion and they make high-level decisions, very important decisions there. So now there are a lot of uh, uh, authors collected these various stories from memoirs, from records, some of which was confidential, and now it's available, and so on. So what really happened was that there was this crisis. The crisis was triggered by Britain's demand that the U.S. paid uh, so much short-term, maturing uh, short-term uh, treasury bills in gold, which it was obliged to do by international treaties and so on. And, um, solemn promises of I don't know how many, four sitting presidents before Nixon was the president at that time, but before him, these sitting presidents, each of them made solemn promises that the sanctity of the dollar price at $35 an ounce of gold is not going to be violated. So, uh, people in business and other governments, other banks and some could take it for granted that the dollar is as good as gold. And now Britain uh, took an unusually large chunk of gold against U.S. paper. And uh, there was fear that this is contagious and has to be controlled. And uh, so Nixon called these people together. His secretary of treasury was uh, Connolly. I think that's the same Connolly who sat in the car in Dallas, Texas, when yes. President yes. Kennedy. Well, at that time, he was governor of, te of uh, Texas. And then uh, after, well, he survived. His car, he was 